0: i you all to the upper room. I don't recognize the faces, but I recognize the spirit. Let me introduce myself. I'm Peter. I was one of his disciples. And I don't know if you know all that has happened over the last few days. As we sit here and wait for him. His promise. So I want to tell you what I saw through my eyes, what I saw happen to the Lord. There's many places I could pick up the story and start telling, but I think I'll start with as we were coming into Jerusalem for the Passover season. We stopped in Bethany and Jesus was reclined and a woman came in and broke a jar of perfume and poured it over his head. You'll have to bear with me because I am quite raw from all that I have seen. But she poured the jar over his head, anointed his feet and wiped them with her hair. And we, as being good disciples, all complained at the cost. So we could have done something better with the money. But Jesus, and his loving kindness, rebuked us and told us that she was anointing him for his death and his burial. As I look back many times, he said things like that, and we never really understood The next day we were headed into into the city of Jerusalem and we knew we needed a place to set up to have our Passover supper because Jesus said it was so important that he had this one with us. But we had no place to go. Jesus told me and John to go into the city and there will be a man carrying a jar of water and follow him to his master's house, and then tell the master that the the Lord is in need of a room. We'd all become accustomed to doing what he said, for the most part. Not quite understanding all that everything meant. But John and I followed through, and we went into Jerusalem, and, and there was the man with the jar of water, and we followed him, and Asked his master for a room, and he says, everything is prepared. Come and have your Passover supper. We got ready for our Passover supper, and Jesus taught us many, many things. He talked about how our grief would be turned to great joy. and Again, we did not quite understand all he was saying. He explained to us how he was going to the Father and we couldn't come with him. But he would send somebody else, the promised Holy Spirit, and that we were going to have to wait for him. And that's what we're doing now in the upper room. We're waiting for this promised Holy Spirit, not knowing what to expect, but knowing that God's promise, and Jesus' promise, was true. He told us so many, so many different things that he, even, he, he prayed for us. He prayed for himself and he prayed for us and he prayed for the future believers that would follow because of what is going to happen. We just listened. We listened as he said that he would go to the Father and he would glorify the Father and the Father would glorify him and they would be together again. But he also said we would be in the Father and the Father would be in us just as they were. My mind has been overwhelmed by many confusing thoughts and not quite understanding everything that he had said. But I believed him. I knew the Father was going to be in me somehow. He even washed our feet. As we sat and argued, who was going to sit with him? He took off his robes and he washed our feet. And of course, me and my fine attitude said, Well, if you're going to wash my feet, wash my whole body. That wasn't the first or the last time the Lord would correct my thinking. But he was just trying to show us that he was a servant and we needed to be servants. And arrogance and attitude did not did not measure up. But we were sad because he kept saying he was going to the Father that he must be crucified. And though he said it we 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 sat there and, and we wondered how could you be crucified? How could this all come to an end? But one of the things he really shocked us with is he said one of us would betray him. So we sat there and had dinner together. And everyone going for themselves said, no, it wouldn't be me, would it, Lord? No, it wouldn't be me. Oh, I couldn't do that. No, it couldn't be me. And he said the one that would dip his bread into the oil at the same time as Jesus did, would be the one. As we look back, we can understand what he was saying, but we didn't understand then. It was, it was just confusion that rolled over us of everything that was going on. But it was Judas. Judas who was loved. So Jesus continued teaching us and speaking love to us, and he was so glad that we seemed to finally understand what he was talking about of being him and the Father and both of them and us and that our spirits would come back alive. So then, as in custom, he he took the bread and he broke it. But he said some things differently. He said, this is my body. Take and eat. We took the bread and we passed it and we broke it and we ate. And then he took the cup and he said, drink, this is the blood of the covenant that it poured out for the forgiveness of sins. All of you, drink all of it. Don't come up short. Drink all of it. We really weren't quite sure what he was saying, but out of obedience and love for him, we did what we did. We sang some hymns and Rejoiced in the the Passover. And Jesus said it was time for us to go out and we went to the Mount of Olives. Jesus again, as we were out there, he said, you know, every one of you are going to abandon me tonight. Every one of you are going to go and run and hide. I, being Peter, said, not I, Lord. Lord. Everybody else will run off, but I won't run off. I would die for you. A moment that crushed me was next that Jesus said, you will disown me three times before the cock crows in the morning. How could that be? I know he said it, but I knew I would. I was Peter, I was the one that first realized he was the Christ. I knew my position among the disciples, you know. After all, it was I and James and John who got to see him on the mountain of transfiguration. Huh, that brings up another time I kind of spoke out of turn. Not many men have the privilege of being corrected by the Father of God. But I said I would never do it, and all the other disciples said, no, they would, never. they would never disown him. And so he asked us to go on with him to the Garden of Gethsemane. It was almost like Jesus knew what was going to happen. We were following in a play. He told the disciples to, to wait and, and, and pray for him. And as was his custom, he took me and James and John and went a little further and asked us to sit. He said he was in great sorrow. He was in distress. And again, we weren't quite sure what he was talking about. He, he told us so many things that night. And we tried to put them into context, but we just, just couldn't. So we went out and we could hear him praying to the Father, not knowing what he was saying, but the next thing we knew he was there standing over us and asking us why we fell asleep at this time. Couldn't we stay awake and support him? So we, three of us stirred ourselves and said, well, yes, 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 we can We can do this. And he went off again. And a short distance came back a second time we were sleeping we did not know the gravity of the situation but we could hear the guards coming the palace guards the crowd with clubs and who was right in front Judas Judas And Judas walked up to our Lord and kissed him on the cheek. And at that time, the guards tried to grab Jesus, but I had a sword with me, and I started swinging wildly, and I took the ear off of one of the servants. And Jesus rebuked me again. After all, he had told me if I had a sword. And I said, yes, he says, that's enough. I did not understand. He told me I could not live by the sword. But in the midst of all of this going on, he healed the servant. In the midst of his arrest, he bent down and he healed the servant. Again, they asked him and tried to take him. And they said, Are you Jesus? And he says, I am. They all fell down. They all fell down at the great I Am. Stood up and said it again. And he grabbed them and we protested again. He said, stop. He says, don't you know my father could call down 12 legions of angels and defend me? This is the cup that I must drink from. We were all confused. And as Jesus said, we... We all ran off and deserted him. Not one stayed by his side. They took Jesus, and I tried to follow, hidden in the crowd, not wanting to be known. I, the great Peter, the leader of the disciples. And they took him to see Caiaphas, and I I followed at a distance and was among the guards. I could hear they were having a mock trial and condemning him and slapping him and condemning him. My heart was breaking and I was hidden among the crowd. A young girl said, I've seen you before. You're one of his disciples. And I said, no, not me. Leave me alone. Tried to find another place, and another young girl came out and said, I've seen you with him. You're one of his disciples. And I screamed even louder, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm not a believer. I'm not with him. And then again, someone else came to me and said, I know you're from Galilee. You're one of those disciples from Galilee. And I called down curses. And just then the cock crowed three times. I was broken. And it happened, as he said. And I ran away, crying bitterly. How could I have done that? How could I betray Jesus? The one I said I would die for, I ran from. And I hid myself and I wept and I wept and I wept. This part of the story, I, I'll, I'll give you just very few details because I didn't go to the crucifixion, I wasn't there you can ask others in the room some that were there his mother Mary Mary Magdalene was there John was there I wasn't even at his crucifixion I could not face it I could not see it I was so into my grief and brokenness but they crucified our Lord and he died there And the only thing I can remember that he said was, that John told me, he said, it was finished. They took his body and they buried it in a a tomb that was given to him. But the Jewish leaders, still angry, wanted that tomb sealed, that nobody could take the body and say he had risen, like he had said many times in the public that he would rise in three days. Looking back, we know now what he meant, but looking forward, we were still quite confused. We still needed the one Jesus promised that would lead us in all truth and answer all the questions for us. So they took Jesus and just laid him in the tomb, didn't even prepare the body for burial. They sealed him in we sat here in the upper room scared that the troops the guard of the palace would find us and they would come and take us and do the same thing to us that they would chase us out of the city that they would beat us and this dream that we had was going to fall apart so we sat and we waited On the morning of the third day was the first time that we could because of Jewish custom could go in and take the body and prepare it and anoint it with spices and herbs and oil for burial. Some of the ladies went early, early in the morning to prepare the body. As I look back they were braver than the men. But they got there in the The stone was already rolled away. They looked into the tomb and there was someone sitting on the right hand side and said, Who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. He said, He's not here. He's risen. They didn't know what to do. They came running back and even Mary Magdalene came back and said, I have talked to the Lord. I have seen him. And he is going to the Father. And his instructions to the disciples were go to Galilee and he would meet them there. We didn't believe her. We didn't believe the other women. So I and John went running to the tomb. John got there first and went inside. And then I came and went inside and there was just grave clothes. Where the body of Jesus had laid. He was gone. So we came back to the upper room here and sat and pondered among ourselves what what had what had transpired. What bringing into remembrance the things that Jesus had said that all this must happen. All the prophecies, all the prophecies given in the Psalms and by the prophets about His life and death—they all must be fulfilled. And to the best of our ability, we tried to recall all those prophecies from the teachings that we had had. And there came a knock on our door and there was two men, two of the disciples, two of the brothers. And they said they had gone on a walk to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus. And a man appeared to them and asked us what had happened, just like you would to somebody who had come on the scene and saw the commotion. And they said, don't you know that they crucified our Lord? And he started to talk to them and and tell them about Jesus. He knew all about Jesus. He knew all the prophecies and reminded them of all the prophecies and all that must be done. And we got to Emmaus and they said, You know what Emmaus means? Emmaus means earnest longing. These men were on a road of earnest longing for the Lord. But they said they asked this stranger to sit with them, and he decided he would, and we sat down for dinner, and he took the bread and he broke it, and our eyes were opened. It was the Lord. And the next thing we knew, he wasn't there. So we had to come back and tell you, brothers, that the Lord has risen and we have seen him. We know he's alive. Believe us. And they joined us as we sat and and waited for our Lord to appear. And as we were sitting, some praying, some crying, some, some questioning, the Lord himself appeared in the room. It was like he walked through the very door that was locked to keep the world out, but we couldn't keep him out. And the first thing he said is, Peace unto you. That was like breathing a fresh breath of air into our spirits. He was so gentle and so kind, and he showed us his wounds from the crucifixion just so we would know. And as quickly as he had shown up, he disappeared. No doors had opened. Nothing had happened, but he disappeared. But we had seen the Lord. We waited there, and Thomas came in, one of the disciples who hadn't been there. And he says, I don't believe any of you. Unless I see him and put my fingers in the and this side where the spirit went into the side and see the holes in his hands, I won't believe. You know, the Lord hears everything you say. Because he appeared to Thomas and said, here, put your fingers in my side. Touch the holes in my hand. And he believed. And the Lord said, he's blessed because he believed, but more blessed are the ones that are going to believe because of their testimony. So his words to us were to go to Galilee. And yes, we as a group went to Galilee, having no idea what to do. And I went back to the old things that I, I knew. I went back to fishing. Jumped into a boat and fished all night and got absolutely nothing and we were coming into shore. There was was a man on shore, and nobody recognized him, but he says, throw your nets off to the right side. Yeah, sure, yeah. I'm a fisherman. I know what to do. But then I said, what do I have to lose if I throw my nets to the right side? I threw them in, and within moments, the ship was tilted, the little boat was tilted because the nets were so full. And as they struggled to pull the fish up. I looked and I recognized it was the Lord. I jumped out of that little boat and I went into the shore and I saw the Lord and I loved him and he loved me and we shared food. We shared food because he wanted us to know he was alive. But then probably the greatest thing that ever happened in my life happened then. He took me aside and he asked me, Peter, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord. He asked me that question three times and I knew why it was three times. He never condemned me. He didn't bring up what I had deserted him and denounced him three times. Not once, but he just loved me. And he restored me to my position without condemnation, just grace. He loved me. We spent some more time together, and it went by so fast, but we saw him appear to other people and do miracles and do wonderful things. Many people saw him alive. And he told us that he would give us all authority. And at one time he even breathed on us. Just like God had breathed on Adam. We were the people who were going to come back through the restoration of all things. And the spirit was going to be alive in us again because it had been shadowed and so many different things. And he told us he was going to give us all authorities and we were supposed to go to all the world and be be witnesses to his name and make disciples of all nations. And I thought that was really important. I did but I couldn't get beyond him forgiving me. I couldn't get beyond the grace that never brought up my sin. He treats you the same way. He never brings up your sin. He just brings up his grace and love. He told us to come back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, the comforter that he was going to give us. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. But we know his promises is good. So you've come to join our waiting as we sit in the upper room. The other disciples and Mary would love to talk with you. They have their own stories to tell. But I told you mine. And the love that the Lord has for me. How he took somebody uneducated, rough and gruff, and made him a man after his own heart. So you're welcome to wait with us for the promise. But I know right now we're going to, as believers, we're going to share in communion again. And if you would all like to share in in that communion with us, we would be very pleased to have you join us. Where we would all share in his body and his blood. You see, he said, remember me when you do this. He's fresh in our memory, but I know in time that memory will grow shadowy. But when you eat of his body and you drink of his blood, and you will remember, you will call into everything that is in, your, in the past, that everything that he has done for you. And you will remember his sacrifice. In some ways, I'm glad I wasn't at the crucifixion. I would have been overwhelmed by the gift that my Lord has given me. But when we do this, we remember his sacrifice. Not the horror of the cross, not the blood and the, the pain and the, the gore. But we remember the glory that he was in the Father and the Father was in him. And I know John said one time that Jesus even asked why the Father forsake him. The scriptures say the Father never forsake him. That is Christ the man. He saw the darkness that men were living in and was overwhelmed as a man. But his father was still with him. So enter in with us as we all in this upper room and enjoy the communion and the remembering of the sacrifice that day. But more than that, we remember the risen Lord who will come again, who has promised his coming again. And until that day, we will do this to remember him. So take the bread, his body, that was broken for you, and eat. And just as Jesus said, take this cup, this is my blood, the new covenant, for the remission of sins this thing I do remember that Jesus said on the cross John told me it is finished my sin life is finished I live in him and he lives in me and I drink of the cup to remember the covenant that he made with me take and drink all Yeah, God. Amen.